Welcome to BAMFCAST Extra, episode 109. It's a lot of episodes. Mm-hmm. I'm Chuck. I'm Harlow. We're back. We've got another movie for you, because you picked one, and we have to do it, because that's the law. Yes, uh, it is the law that we've established. It is. Uh, we watched 1991's Toy Soldiers. Mm-hmm. Toy Soldiers. Mm-hmm. Not Small Soldiers. Right. Toy Soldiers. More Red Dawn, not Gremlins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, Toy Soldiers. Holy hell, this movie has uh, some pedigree behind it. Like, for... First of all, I had never seen this. Mm-hmm. You'd seen it once in your youth. Yeah, video days. Okay. So, uh, like, I kind of knew this movie existed, but I just figured it was some sort of piece of garbage, and that's why I never saw it, so why bother? Uh, no, this uh, this has some, some people who uh, <laughs> have either done things or went on to do bigger things... As part of the behind-the-scenes stuff, anyway. Um, directed by uh, Daniel Petrie Jr., who uh, wrote Beverly Hills Cop. Mm-hmm. Kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. He co-wrote the script with uh, David Kep, who just throw a dart at a movie in the 90s that made a bazillion dollars, and he probably worked on the script for that. Also, uh, under a pseudonym, wrote, I Come in Peace. So I've heard of that. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a big deal. Yeah, also uh, edited by Michael Kahn, who's won, I don't know, 12 Oscars for editing every Spielberg movie he's ever made. So it's a weird thing, and it's a a well-put-together two-hour terrorism in a, you know, in a school. Yeah, in a prep school. Yeah. All-boys prep school. Right. We are introduced to uh, the film via Columbia as our main bad guy has taken over the... Uh, oh, I thought you were going to say Columbia is the bad, main bad guy. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, <laughs> elements of Columbia is... Uh, but we the, the movie starts where uh, people have taken over a courthouse somewhere in Columbia. Mm-hmm. Um, and it introduces us to our villain, Andrew Divoff, uh, eyepatch guy from Lost, and other things where he gets to do an accent of <laughs> varying degrees. Yeah, and the the crux of the whole thing is that uh, his dad's a super-duper drug dealer, and America has caught him and has brought him to America to serve a prison term, and he doesn't like that very much. So at first, he's he's kidnapped the judge and and is ordering the judge to, to return his father, and the judge is like, there's nothing I could do. He's in America now. And they throw a lady out of the courthouse window, and then they get everybody into a helicopter and uh, then they throw the judge out of the helicopter. Like, they get way up there, and they just throw this judge out of the helicopter. So, yep. you know these guys mean business. So then we go to the boarding school, and we're introduced to our gang of rebellious... Our rejects? Yeah. If you will. Sure, because it's the Regis school. Mm-hmm. But they take great delight in crossing that out and writing rejects, because this is the boarding school you go to when you've been thrown out of every other boarding school. So just everyone's a piece of shit. Well, sort of. Yes, every, every I mean, talking character is a piece of shit. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a little weird because like there's some there's some stuff later in the movie where people are like, "But my son got a scholarship to your school," yeah. and it's like, <laughs> "You got a scholarship to the reject school? Like, I got a Cracker Jack box? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was it? Did you get it at a cakewalk?" <laughs> yeah. Um. So you know, we've got we've got. You may think going into this is like, oh, it's going to be a who's who of young 90s people. No, it's Sean Astin and Will Wheaton and some other people that maybe you recognize, but 
Probably not. I mean, Keith Coogan was in uh, Adventures of Babysitting. But, yeah, it, it's mainly Sean Astin and, and Will Wheaton. And they are just... They're rebellious in a very watered-down way. It's like they're they're not punks or anything, but it's just like, eh, authority. Meh. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's it's a very just milk toast. just, eh, you can't tell me what to do or else... All right, I'll do it. You know, I mean, <laughs> that's kind of what it is. Um, they have a thing at the beginning where they're running back and and they're tormenting the security guard so they can spray paint rejects on the school sign. Um, and uh, uh, Louis Gossett Jr., Oscar winner, Louis Gossett Jr., is uh, the head, not the headmaster, but the... He's a dean. Okay. And... You know, he's just like, oh, Sean Astin, someone spray painted rejects on a cop car in town. Was that you? No. <laughs> All right. Well, you get out of here, you rapscallion. <laughs> okay, sir. You know, and then like their their big rebellious moment is that uh, they sneak out of their, their dorm late at night and they go down to the sub basement of a building that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. They, well, they have a they have a code. They have a Tony Orlando and Dawn code <laughs> yeah, they um, do. because they <laughs> knock three times on the pipes if they want to go out and cause mayhem. Yeah. It, that just alerts all their buddies to come with them. So they, they go down to this this basement um, with uh, bottles of, of mouthwash that Sean Astin has convinced them is alcohol. I've never fully convinced it is alcohol. Everyone is just like, no, I think this is mouthwash because the way he explains what it is just sounds like a whole bullshit. Like I kept waiting for that reveal to be no, it was just mouthwash. Like it, mm-hmm. but that never comes up. But he explains, oh yeah, we put a bunch of vodka in it, and then you know just a bunch of ingredients to make it look and smell and taste just like mouthwash. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I think you just bought eight bottles of mouthwash and sold them to kids in the dorm for thirty five dollars, but. Um, Anyway, so they're down there drinking, and he's rigged up a thing, which is just a, a, a tester phone and a speaker phone. Yeah, it's like a Lyman's headset. Yeah, so they can so they can call a phone mm-hmm. sex line mm-hmm. and just lose their goddamn minds while this person is telling them what she is, quote-unquote, doing. Um, so they get caught, and it, it's it's weird now that I think about it, because when, when this stuff was first going down in the beginning, I was really focused on it. They get caught. Uh, Louis Gossett Jr. catches them because he sees the line on his phone and his office is on. He picks it up. And man, this woman is just going for it. And he's just like, what the hell? And he goes and tracks him down. He has Sean Astin smash the equipment. He's like, was that expensive? He's like, no. He's like, well, good. Smash it. So he smashes the answering machine, but doesn't smash the other thing. And I was like, okay, that's going to come back up. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that's going to come back up. And you just figure like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Uh, it does not. It's it's no. not a thing. Also, they focus on these bottles of, of mouthwash a lot, like transferring them to Louis Gossett Jr. And then Louis Gossett Jr. puts them in his trunk and takes them to town. And I'm like, oh, these are going to come up somehow. These are going to be the thing that sets the bad guy on fire or something. No, also does not. <laughs> There's a slight joke about the mouthwash at the very end. And yeah. that's that's it, really. It, it's, it's weird. It's, it's good, though, that they didn't try to do that because it would be wildly inaccurate i mean <laughs> yeah. it's it's 100 proof vodka so it's not even like well i guess it's a little bit stronger than normal vodka yeah usually it's 80 proof but that's not enough to burn. i know but in movies alcohol means fire you just pour alcohol on someone and then fire <laughs> sure that's anyway it just seemed like they were spending a lot of time on that stuff and none of it comes back up uh but so 
in the interim, they have taken one of the, one of the kids is the federal judge who either sentenced or was presiding over the case of this drug dealer. So the uh, the feds come in and immediately just yoink that kid out of there. It's like, look, this is just precaution, but you got to go. Mm-hmm. So uh, the terrorists show up and they're there for the kid. And they find out too late that, oh, he's gone. The kid's gone. Well, what are we going to do? Well, let's just take we'll just take everyone hostage. And these kids dads are important. So it'll work the same anyway. Yeah, it's it's a little too convenient because all of the friends, all their dads are the ones that they want to keep tabs on. Mm -hmm. So it's just a little convenient that like they're the ragtag gang just happens to all their dads be important. Yeah. I mean, most people are like, you know, like one guy is a. I mean, I'm trying to think like, uh, well, they're all like chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. And yeah, I mean, except for except for Rudy's dad. Sean asked his dad. <laughs> I'm going to keep calling him Rudy forever until <laughs> he dies. Um, but Rudy's dad is like, he's just rich. Like he's yeah. he's a uh, own. He keeps saying he's a contractor. He's like he owns the third largest you know construction company in the world. He's like yeah. So other, he doesn't really just they, they don't they don't he, single yeah, him out. He doesn't single him out. But like Will Wheaton's dad is like the head of like the New Jersey mafia, basically. Yeah. Yes, he's Tony Soprano. Yeah, basically. Um, but it's Jerry it's, Orbach. Yeah, I was gonna say it's Jerry Orbach. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say like Dirty Dancing Dad. I couldn't remember who the hell he's from else. <laughs> otherwise, but <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it's weird. Like four of them have dads who are like very much a part of the current. Uh, Republican, you know, government. Mm-hmm. And then you have Will Wheaton's dad, who's the head of the New, New Jersey Mafia, and Sean Astin's dad, who's the third biggest contractor in the world. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Andrew Divoff is just like, this will do. Mm-hmm. Th- this is great. Um, yeah, they rigged the whole school up with, uh, I want to note, C3? C3. Like, <laughs> discount C4? Yeah. It's easier to get C3 into the country. No one knows what it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, you got C3? That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Come on in. It's as a, long as it's not C4, that's bad. Yeah. You can do some interpreting and protocol. <laughs> yes. C3. <laughs> yep. So they probably had a PO order for it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, yeah, they had a PO order for C3. <laughs> there we go. We've come all the way around on that one. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they've rigged the school to explode. Um, Andrew Divoff has rigged a garage door opener to his wrist that will detonate everything. Mm-hmm. Um. It's not a dead man switch. No, it's just it's just a big button. Yeah, on his wrist <laughs> at all times, and they set into motion a rule that you have. They all have to gather in the mess hall every hour at the top of the hour. Uh, if there aren't the same number of kids each time for every one missing, they're going to shoot five kids mm-hmm. or five people. Because yeah. I mean, because when it sort of comes up, they're going to shoot Denim Elliot, right? You know, but <laughs> yeah, because there's not. I mean, there's not that much faculty here strangely no. like that's that's the weird thing it's like all this is kind of goes down and well when they first like take siege like one kid runs out to dial 911 and they they shoot at him and then one of the teachers comes out and is like hey and the terrorists murder him mm-hmm. so one of the teachers is down like immediately right and uh lewis gossett jr had gone into town to confront the sheriff about the mouthwash <laughs> right so he's not even there mm-hmm. so you've basically got the headmaster and maybe a couple of vague adults in the background, but that's it. Like, there's no actual adult supervision going on. It's just the terrorists and the kids, basically. Right. And I don't remember at what point, but at some point they do or just like, hey, faculty minus, you know, the headmaster, get out of here. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, right. They Right. At the very beginning, they they send them out to give the demands. They're yeah. like, OK, all the faculty leave. Yeah. And they carry the and they carry the dead guy out. Yeah. Um, 
there was also a bit where so like when they arrived, they killed the security guard and then Louis Gossett Jr. and the sheriff in town get word of that and they drive back and Louis Gossett Jr. is like, you need to call the FBI. And the sheriff's like, now nah, we got this. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Cletus and Buster, why don't you duck down the back of my car with shotguns? Yeah. And I'll just drive up with the loudspeaker like I am alone and I am unarmed. Yeah. And they just light him up with this mounted machine gun that they put in the bell tower. Yep. And then they rocket launcher that car. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, first they shoot it just to like get, you know, make yeah, them, to get them out of it. Yeah. But yeah, they I like that the charred remains of that car remain for the rest of the yes, movie. No one moved it. And that was awesome. <laughs> but yeah, they light that car up and it goes up pretty good. It's a, it's a really well like formed explosion. Mm-hmm. Like it's like a mini mushroom cloud. Yeah, it's like if you could somehow sculpt your explosion to make it look the most cinematic, they did it somehow. Um, so what what you think is going to happen because you've seen movies is that the kids are just going to basically come up with a way to get guns and murder the terrorists, and that's not really what happens. No, they they come up with a plan. Well, they they start scouting the school. Yeah, they're like, hey, uh, you know. You had to go here to take food to this person. Like, how many were there? What kind of guns do they have? Mm-hmm. And they just come up with a, a an entire scope of, of the number of terrorists and how they're armed and where they are. What? Yeah. What, even what, what they, they have. even what they look like, because like Will Wheaton is like a, portrayed as a good artist. So mm-hmm. like he's like doing not just courtroom sketches. Like these are full on like the, yeah. these are excellent likenesses of the cast right. like he had cast photos and he traced over them <laughs> yeah um so like they've got all this plan and they've got like a yearbook and they're like circling where they are like all their all their lookout points and what's where and mm-hmm. they they do this for at least a day or two because yeah. it's like it's you know like they they make their demands which is you know we want the dad out and whatever else like you know we want to get away basically um <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what else they had you know they never really even you talked could probably about assume what their demands were yeah, they I mean, don't really tell you they, yeah they don't really ever bother to tell you in the movie yeah. but um so like they they do this kind of like on the sly for a while and then sean Aston's like i can get out of here i've done it before mm-hmm. um you know here's here's the plan because they also when they round all the kids up they basically are just like Six of you in this room, six of you in this room, and it may not be their rooms. Now, they get thrown into a room with two younger kids, like freshmen, sophomore, or whatever of the school, mm-hmm. whereas they're like juniors or seniors. They're, they're a little bit older. Um, and they, you know, it, it happens to be the, the two younger kids' rooms. Yeah. And the other f- four or five of them, whatever, get thrown in there, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, these kids have a remote control airplane thing in the room, and they got to talking about that stuff. And, oh, you know about electronics and remote radio, blah, 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 you know. What do you think that thing on his wrist does? Like they they start this the wheels in motion of this like plan of like this this airplane is going to be important. Yeah, and if we swap out components to things, we can make one thing do another thing. And- right. So they they start this whole thing, and they basically like I, I like that they they form this plan, and they don't really tell us the audience what it is ahead of time. Mm-hmm. It's just they go and they're like, all right, you kids come out here, set up the airplane. That's going to distract them. Um, one other dude kick a soccer ball into a window so that Sean Astin can break a window to this, like get back in the school. Cause they're all like, you know, once they're accounted for, they're like, all right, every hour you come in and get counted. And otherwise you just go hang out outside. Right. Like, we don't really want to have to watch you in the school. Exactly. You know? So like, they're all just basically forced to sit out on the quad. Mm-hmm. And, um, so they've got this whole thing, like this distraction plan where broken soccer ball, they break the glass and like, military style count it down like as he breaks the glass simultaneously which lets him get in he basically like runs into a classroom out a window across a hall like and then waits for like a distraction 
Oh, because um, he waits for the 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 remote control plane to distract the dudes on the roof. Well, also they did a thing. No, going out it was um, there was a thing because like um the one kid, um what's his face? Adventures and babysitting kid. Um, is Coogan. Yeah, he's like. He's shown that he has asthma, but he likes to smoke. Yes. So they've just established this trait for him. So he's always trying to sneak a cigarette. And everyone's always like picking it out of his mouth. Like, that's bad for you, mm-hmm. especially when you have had asthma. But he goes to take. That's on so, the way back. That's when it? he's coming back. Oh, OK. That that was the distraction. So he could get back in. OK. That doesn't work. But what, what happens is that the kids out in the quad are flying the, the remote control plane for the first time, which is loud as shit. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, what the fuck is that? So the two guards on the roof eventually look the other way. And Sean Aston goes running and then it gets like he basically so tree line like where they can't yeah. see him anymore and then he gets accosted by troops well he, <laughs> he does this whole thing where like there's a there's a storm drain that like leads under the fenced area of the property and has to, he has to climb through which i like I, at first i was like oh you're just being a pussy because like he's like you know it's a real storm oh, right, drain yes. and then like there's water in the bottom and he's like walking on either side real awkwardly and then like gets out and yes. all, all dry and everything i'm like okay well you know like Maybe man up and you can walk through the water. But yeah, made, I thought that was weird too. But then it made it, perfect it, sense. It, 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 you know, it's just it's it's the sign of like pretty good sc- screenwriting as mm-hmm. far as I mean. There's red herrings as far as like the the lineman's phone and things like that, and the, the mouthwash that you keep thinking are going to come back and never yeah. do. But he gets it, over this, there. This was a, a good detail. Yeah, and so he like yeah. There's there's snipers in the trees that come out with their ghillie suits and they're like, hey, who are you? And <laughs> grab them and. You know, he's like, I've got plans, all the terrorist locations, everything you've got, to, you know, and yeah. they're like, and they do this whole thing where you've got to come talk to the head guy. He's like, I, dude, I know I've got to get back. Yeah. He's like, you don't understand. And like, not you sit down. Um, it, the all, everyone has shown up like the FBI has shown up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the military has shown up led by Arlie Ermey. Um, so it, like everyone's there now. And it's just the whole like, you know, look, we don't negotiate with terrorists. That's our policy, blah, blah, blah. So. Louis Gossett Jr. is in the tent and they get a call. It's like, oh, we, you know, this kid, eh, he says he's a kid. <laughs> and Louis Gossett Jr. is like, yeah, he's right. He's yeah. he's one of the kids. So they fly Louis Gossett Jr. over to talk to him. And there's just a, one guy sitting at a desk in a tent. It's like, you can't go anywhere. And Louis Gossett Jr. is like, nah, he's free to go. Let him go. The guy's like, no, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> and yeah. then he, Sean Aston just busts out of the tent and knocks over the two supports holding the tent up. So they're trapped by the tent. And steals a Hummer. <laughs> he immediately yeah, gets outside. It escalates quickly. Like, and when I say Hummer, I mean the old school, like actual Humvee. Yes. Like, you know, like he steals a full size Hummer and just leads him off in his chase into the woods. And, and they're following him. Yeah. Until he finally gets around the corner and basically just hops out, puts it in reverse and lets it, or puts it in neutral, and lets it roll down a hill. Right. So then they come around the corner and are like, oh, shit, Hummer. And yeah. See, so that's when Keith Coogan had gone up to the roof and brought them their food right. and set the fire alarm off. And they're all downstairs like high five and like, yeah, he's going to get back in. Everything's fine. And then they're checking watches and the bell starts going off. And they're like, uh, shit, he didn't make it back. Yeah. People are going to die. Um, so they all have to go into the mess hall and they keep doing the count over and over again because the kids keep fucking it up. They keep like trying to take a place of somebody else and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I. I don't want to be this guy, but I have to point out, like, one of their friends is black. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, he shouldn't have been the one. <laughs> well, I know. Like, he steps in line, like, and, like, and it's like, all right, dude, like, yeah, you're a super minority in this school. Yeah. Like, this, the school is 99% white. Just and you... pick the milk toastiest kid you have and yeah. put him, like, like, there are 20 kids in Bob Marley shirts. Just pick one of yeah. them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I, I, when that happened, I was like, oh, guys, come on. Like, yeah. bad, bad plan. Yeah. Just like, shouldn't have, yeah, yeah, just pick one of the others of you. <laughs> 
Yeah. But anyway, so they, they do this count like four times. And then Andrew Divoff is like, all right, well, I told you what was going to happen. Yeah. So they take like the headmaster and a couple other kids, including some couple of the little kids, mm-hmm. and put them up against the wall. And, and meanwhile, like it's it's cutting back and forth because Sean Aston's running back. And this time he's trying so hard to get back that he trips and falls coming out of the, the storm drain yeah. and just falls right into the water. And yeah. so he's like, oh, shit. So he's drenched. Well, actually, that happened like even before the count happened because he, he almost made it back right. except for like he may, he missed the distraction. Yeah, the so he's head. like sitting there watching. They kind of get distracted because for some reason, Louis Gossett Jr. is in one of these two helicopters that are just like kind of flying towards the school. Yeah. And so eventually they're like, you know, shoot the helicopters, I guess, because they're not backing off. Yeah. And he finally gets enough of a distraction on yeah. that. To- they hit one of the helicopters to where it goes off like, oh, no, smoke damage and it's going away. And for some reason, the dudes on the roof are just permanently fixated on that helicopter. They're just staring at that, which if they have any peripheral vision whatsoever, they should be able to see Sean Aston running across the quad, but yeah. it doesn't matter. No. He gets he gets back and is just like, oh shit, uh, yeah. I'm drenched. I'm soaking wet. So. <laughs> so he just starts like peeling clothes off as he's running and he used a towel. This is another good mm-hmm. bit of thinking because they, they, he used a towel to break the window to get out. And also prop the window open. Yeah. And, you know. So he strips off his clothes and just wraps the towel around him and runs into the mess hall like seconds before they assassinate the five people in there. Right. And he's just like, sorry, I was in the shower. Didn't hear the bell. <laughs> one, of the, one of the terrorists goes up and just feels him. He's like, he's wet, sir. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Could, could kind of see that. Yeah. Yeah. So Andrew Divoff takes him up to the office and he's just like, yeah, I was in a prep school too. You ever heard of it? And he's like, no, not really. He's just like, yeah, I didn't have, I had a problem with authority too. And then just whips the shit out of him. Yeah. It's like one of those, like, uh, it's basically like a radio antenna, but it's yeah. like, you know, one it's of those, one of those it's pointer rod. things. Yeah. yeah. But it's like just, the same telescoping thing as a radio antenna just whips the hell out of him. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, um, so, yeah, they kind of got away with it. And I guess they set a t- time frame in this, too. Again, we're not really privy to no. what all they put in here. Yeah, but basically the, the plan is that the military is going to come in at some point and they will send a signal and then they have to send the signal back and then they know they can move in. Yeah, well, it's basically like a, like that night they're going to like, I guess because they let them know what room they're in, they shine a spotlight in it and then they use a mirror to reflect it back. And it's like, all right, next morning. Yeah. Whatever time we're, yeah. we're going to do this, which starts with cut the power because well, wait, 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 oh, hold, yeah, on, yeah, hold on. So before the plan is put into effect, there's been some drama with Will right. Wheaton's dad because Will Wheaton's dad is like, make it known that we will, we will owe this family a favor if you let my son go. Mm-hmm. So they're going to let Will Wheaton go. And, and he hates his dad. He does. He does not like his dad at all. Um, so Andrew Divoff is, is like calls him is like, hey, we're letting you go. And he's like, why? What did I do? He's like, your dad's going to, you know, he'll, he'll owe us a favor. This will be great. Um, and Will Wheaton's just basically like, fuck my dad and fuck you. <laughs> and he runs out into the hall. Well, he gets he allows, he allows himself to get taken away at first. That's right. Yeah. He's yeah. dragged out into the hall. And then he just kind of gets the drop on this guy. He does the old like step on the foot, mm-hmm. smack the fa- or kick you in the nuts and <laughs> steal your gun. Yep. Steals his gun, runs out into the quad um, where there's a guard. And he's just like, rah. And then the guard's like, no, <laughs> and just lights up Will Wheaton. And Andrew Divoff's like shit <laughs> no this is bad and of course all the kids are like oh no our friend will wheaton so yeah will wheaton's dead mm-hmm. he's gone and this most of the rest of the kids are like well that's a bummer sean Aston is just like he was my best buddy in the world and i have no will to go on because that when the- <laughs> <laughs> 
because <laughs> when the signal does come, um, yeah, he's just like, oh, shut up, you know, and they're like, it's your plan, dipshit. We're just doing what you want us to do. Um, the thing that kicks the, the, the thing into high gear is that so the favor that Jerry Orbach was going to owe him uh, is now null and void because Will Wheaton's dead and Jerry Orbach's like, no, well, he, he's convinced that like they killed him on purpose for right. whatever reason. And so he uh, sets it up so that in prison, uh, du- the dude's dad gets wrecked. Mm-hmm. And he does. He gets his throat slit and then thrown over a, a barrier. Yep. And he did. And I, I've, I've, I've quite often wondered why why prisons were designed with that structure. The So there could be instant death. <laughs> yes. The, like, the narrow hallway yeah. leading to cells into a big open pit. Yeah, it seems kind of seems like seems like anyone could die at any moment. Right. And just, there's really nothing just, that could be done about whoops. it. <laughs> oh, gravity killed him. It wasn't me. He didn't. He must have got to look where he's walking. Maybe, hey, maybe it was know. a plan for prison population control. Just, maybe. you know, like, yeah, whoops. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, now the military is like, oh, shit, that dude's dead. Yeah. Cut the power because I got a TV. And if he finds yeah, out, we got to go before he finds out his dad's dead because he'll blow up the school. So anyway, they flash the lights at the kids and the kids are like, yeah, let's do this. And Sean Aston's like, no, I don't want to. And they're like, fuck you. We're doing it. So <laughs> they flash them back. And then this just sets the thing in motion, which is they have to sneak into uh, the headmaster's office, which Andrew Divoff is living in. Yeah, basically. It, it's the switch the remote control parts. Right. Thing. Um, so which they, apparently they don't like at first when they were talking about it, it was like you have to get to the wrist thing. Yeah. And then they were like, no, the wrist thing talks to something else. We can get to it. Yeah. If we, we just get do to the that. other thing. Yeah. So switch the plane thing with this thing. And then. Yeah. Because first they were like remote control, remote control. What if we switch these things? They're like, no, there's a receiver to a receiver. So let's let's just switch those. Yeah. Same same difference. So that's their plan is to sneak in there and swap out the chips. But what they do is Sean Aston is the one who goes into the room to do it. And they just have nerdy kid up in the vent telling him what to do. And the nerdy kid is not a lot of help because he's just like swap the red chip and he's like there's no red chip and he's just like ah he's like there's a blue chip is it like, the same thing he's like sure maybe <laughs> yeah, I <don't> know. <laughs> yeah i don't know so he swaps out those chips uh there's a lot of like oh no you know we're about to get caught we might get caught well because uh what's his face again um keith coogan mm-hmm. is faking an asthma attack to, to distract them all that's what gets him even out of the office yeah um so, like, I guess he's doing too good of a job because eventually, like, you should probably go call an ambulance and he or he, or he goes in to get the file to, like, verify that he's not just fucking with him. Right. You know, oh, yeah, he does have a. So, you know, his, <laughs> his fake as you know, terrorist nerd guy <laughs> walks in and gets the file, which makes Sean hasn't asked enough to hide under the desk. And, mm-hmm. you know, and then it's like they get out of there. They switch, switch the chips and get they, back out of there. But there's a terrorist in the bathroom. Yeah. They had a signal. They, they left the other smaller nerdy kid <laughs> in the bathroom running the water. And they're like, if there's a problem, turn off the water. Not a very good plan. I don't think, but no, I mean, you really could just put them in the stall and just been like, yeah, act like you're having a hard shit. If you, you know, <laughs> there's a problem, <laughs> you know, something like something a little more like, yeah, you know, there's a, there's a possibility. Someone else might be running water is all I'm saying in a bathroom. Right. Don't just stand at the sink for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Someone might come in. Right. Um, so yeah, so they sort of kind of get caught, but then they do the like, haha, and take this guards, <laughs> like you know, because <laughs> they they sort of kind of hit him, which makes him drop his gun eventually. Yeah, and then the nerdy kid has, oh the, has the hardest time picking that gun up. I have done this two or three times in my life. Twice was with my phone, where 
I thought I was going to drop it and caught it and bobbled it and didn't catch it. And it almost fell again. And I was just juggling it forever. And the other time was with this light bulb that was just going to shatter. But it is just this. You, I don't know how you can make it look natural because it looks stupid as shit whenever you're trying to grab something and you can't quite do it. But yeah, eventually the kid finally gets control. And they're like, fucking hit him. I, I feel like. <laughs> I feel like this might have been a natural reaction. Like this kid is what, probably thirteen. <laughs> yeah, at most. and and I'm thinking like they just like prop guns still have weight, like yes. a real gun, so that it looks like you're carrying. You know, so you don't have to fake that it's heavier. Yeah. So there's a good chance he was not expecting it to be as heavy as it was. It's possible. Yeah. Yeah, because they they do seem kind of exasperated at the end of the scene. Like, would you just fucking hit him? Yeah. <laughs> yep. So it, it does seem like it's si- sort of a blown take because he also like does a real bad motion yeah so but i think they were like well do we have him juggle the gun which is better or have him not make a, a convincing smack on the dude's head right because it almost looks like he hits sean Aston. that's ex- what i thought yeah. i thought he knocked out sean Aston. yeah <laughs> but they all just went with it and it was like all right that's fine whatever yeah. good take yeah um so i basically the siege is starting like the dudes oh, yeah. are, are are coming in they're asking Louis Gossett Jr. for just details about the grounds, and he's just like, you should just let me come with you. And they're like, nah, the map's fine. We got this. Well, they're not sending in like SWAT team dudes. They're sending in like bomb experts. Yeah. Well, yeah, because yeah. like there's bombs. <laughs> well, well, I know, but I mean, it's like that's who's sneaking through the 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 storm drain and everything right. the same way that Sean Astin came out. They're like, well, he got out. How do we get in? How he did? Yeah. And he draws them all a path. And he's like, yeah, let me come with you. And then he's just standing there. He's like, ah, fuck this. Yeah, like, I'm going to um, the snipers take out the two dudes on the roof. But one dude isn't quite dead and just lets go of a hand grenade. Shitty snipers, man. <laughs> go for the fucking headshot. They were standing perfectly still, too. Yeah. Like, come on. All right. I mean, no wind. This is Bush League is all I'm saying. Snipers. Yeah. Come on. But uh, so one guy's still alive, drops a grenade. So the three bomb guys, <laughs> it lands right in the middle of them. Yep. So like two of them are dead and one's totally fucked up. And uh, Louis Gossett Jr. luckily didn't listen to them mm-hmm. and rolls up on them and is just like, well, yeah, have, those two are dead. Here's my belt. Have a tourniquet. Yeah. So and then that guy's like, come on, let's go. Yeah. Give me to the headmaster's office. <laughs> so. OK, they get back out and there's another dude that they sort of jump. Like mm-hmm. there's um and then that like those two guys were the only thing guarding the, the entire cafeteria that they were in yeah um and then they they usher all the kids oh into no no that. I, I, I'm sorry I take that back there wasn't another guy in the cafeteria there he was in the cafeteria but like Sean Aston comes out by himself and then immediately beelines to the kitchen to the, which this guy oh, right. follows him in <laughs> and he starts like because his punishment was washing pots and pans yeah and he's just like. Pots and pans, man. The guy's like, qu'est-ce que c'est pots and pans? And uh, I don't know why he speaks French now. But <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, this, the French side of Colombia. Uh-huh. Um, he's like, oh, you get punished. You got to do pots yeah. and pans. And the guy walks away. He's like, pots and pans, Oh, I see. Huh? Pots and pans, yeah. And then gong and the ball <laughs> on the back of the head with a frying pan. And then that's he gets this guy's gun. And then he basically walks out. He's like, everyone in the kitchen. Let's go. Come on. Go. Move. Move. Yeah. And then they had sort of kind of whispered to the kids, like, shit's about to go down. Be ready. Yeah, but not really like yeah. not. I don't feel like enough to where the kids were like had any idea what yeah. was going to be happening, but they all go down to that basement basically. Yeah. But they're yeah, they're, they're, their plan was is like because there is a leftover sub basement from a building that is no longer there. They're like it was built in the 1800s and early army's like and they built them to last there. So if the bomb goes off, they'll probably be safe. Yeah, <laughs> Why sure. not? I guess I don't quite. It was, yeah, it doesn't matter. The, the kids are all in the basement. Mm-hmm. Um Sean Aston, he stays behind for some reason. I don't understand why he doesn't join them in there. Like there, there's full on SWAT guys coming, and yeah. he's like, 
I got this. And it's like, <laughs> no, no, you don't. Yeah. That was very unwise, Sam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, he gets grabbed by Andrew Divoff uh-huh. like, pretty much immediately. Because he has fucking Chuck Norris sense. Like, he's hiding behind the, the kitchen door. Oh, and, yeah. he's, and he's just like, <laughs> yeah, that's ah, right. no, there's nobody here. And then he's like, but there he is. And slams the door op- <laughs> back open. And it's like, how'd you know he was there? Yeah. It's, it's pretty. I mean, it, yeah, whatever. Meanwhile, like, so there are Apache helicopters outside that are just every time you see terrorists like perched somewhere. It cuts to an Apache helicopter rising up into frame and just m- gunning them down. <laughs> oh, they, and they full on like rocket launcher the bell tower yeah. where there was a couple dudes. So. Yep. So that's that's just randomly happening mm-hmm. outside. Um, uh, Andrew Divoff drags Sean Astin back to the office and is in there and he's just like, yeah, see what you're going to make me do. I'm going to have to hit the button. And he does. He hits the button and it just launches the remote control plane straight up into the air. <laughs> and holy God, Andrew Divoff is just so pissed, like like crying, angry, pissed. And the weird thing about this whole finale is that no one ever tells him his dad is dead. Like he didn't need that extra push into just mania, but like it still should have. He should have been told mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he never gets that bit of news like, man, fuck you. You lost. Um, so basically like two things happen at the same time, which is the SWAT team comes in through the office door and Louis Gossett Jr. Defenestrates himself through the window. Mm-hmm. He's been given a gun. The SWAT team comes in and has a gun, but the SWAT team shoots him, uh, shoots Andrew Divoff in the head. When he falls completely on shot Astin, just the bloody God, this is a massive, <laughs> massive head wound. Harry here. He's mm-hmm. just, just blood everywhere. Now in this, Louis Gossett Jr. has been shot in the chest. Le- heart. He's been shot in the heart. Mm-hmm. And he's looking at himself like, fuck, like <laughs> I am dead. And you're like, oh, no, why did you do that to Louis Gossett Jr.? He literally had nothing to do in the scene whatsoever, except to penetrate himself in through the window. I oh, briefly distracted him, I guess. I guess like, hey. And then the SWAT team was like, what? Blam. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he is bleeding all over Sean Aston. <laughs> um but, and then he's just kind of like, I'm going to be okay. And it's like, they just put a bandage on a bandage <laughs> on his shoulder. And you're like, uh, uh-uh, uh, no, no way. That wasn't shoulder. That was, that was heart at, at best. It was lungs at worst. It was heart. Yeah. Like, no, he's going to die. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he just, he walks out at the end with everyone else. Like, Hey kids, everything's going to be okay. Here. Oh, they have, he and Sean Aston have a moment which you said should have been the finale of the movie because like they're sitting there and, you know, he's kind of wounded and kind of almost dying. And, and he's like, so, you know, like my off pots and pants. Yeah, he's like, you're not getting off this easy. It should have been like high five credits, you know, like, yep. Freeze frame them big smiles on their face. But no, we have to have a scene, of course, to show all the kids running out of the school. Well, at first they're like, oh, Sean Aston, he didn't make yeah. it because there's an ambulance goes by and then. He should have had a slow-mo, like, hero shot coming out, but he, he didn't. He, he just, just runs of, out. He's like, hey! And yeah. then the camera swoops around them a bunch of times, and it's just a crane shot of all the kids running away mm-hmm. as helicopters are just flying all over the place. And yeah, the end. <laughs> yeah. Um, not a particularly real- realistic uh, reaction to kids getting saved by this. Like, they suddenly go back into high five, like, yeah, that was awesome mode. It's like, no. No, you all need therapy. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of it. Um, but yeah, you know, like one kid's doing fucking cartwheels as yeah. he's running out. Yeah, we 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 didn't know. <laughs> no, time. yeah, no, we didn't. <sighs> yeah, mm-hmm. toy soldiers. That is toy soldiers. Yeah, uh, it is. I mean, it is a two-hour movie, and there are times it certainly feels it. Like I, I felt like the 
it's just weird that you think you know what this movie is going to be, and it's really not that until the last 10 minutes. The The bulk of it is just kind of scheming and kind of planning, but a lot of it is just, oh, no, this is a bad situation we're in, and oh, no. I mean, that that's a lot of this movie. And really, like, a, the first 20 minutes establishing the kids as these kind of ne'er-do-well kind of just kids is a little much. It's almost like, Aren't there terrorists in this? Like, shouldn't we be seeing what they're doing? Well, plus, like, I mean, I think the other funny thing is, is um, the the score of for this movie mm-hmm. is uh, a little bit all over the place at times. And I think the most jarring one is it cuts right early on. It cuts right from the the horrific things that are happening in Colombia, <laughs> including like first we've just seen a woman pushed out of the courtroom and and her bloody corpse is lying on the courtroom steps and of course the news people are like zooming in <laughs> on it it's like jesus and then like you know all of the craziness happens and because they, they didn't like the judge was like dude the the plane your guys have been watching is a decoy this dude's already either yeah. in or on his way to the united states and then like there's a tv again and they're like hey you know clandestine thing he's already in the united states da da mm-hmm. and so that's when he's just like fuck it we gotta get out of here but as we said like they take this helicopter off to the fucking stratosphere yeah. and drop this judge out. And so it's just like in the, like we never see the judge hit the ground. It's no. just like in this falling, falling. Forever. And then it like goes into credits and then cutting to the, the entrance of this prep school where the kids are running and all this stuff. And it's like, and it's just this jaunty, like, well, no, that shit matters. Cause we're in America. Yeah, it's, and this it's like jaunty <laughs> Christmassy kind of yeah. just like everything's great at prep school. You know, it's just like, yeah. what the fuck yeah. is this? Yeah. It's, it's, so there's a, I, I kind of like it. I mean, I, I feel like a lot of this was more thought out than accidental mm-hmm. because I think, I feel like, you know, we got to have a sort of a cold open that establishes the horrificness. And then it's like, they lull you into this false sense of security of like, ah, prep school shenanigans, you know, like, and then until shit just goes down and then it's like, oh, that's all gone. And I I don't know. I, I kind of like the pacing of this movie. Yeah. It just, I'm just saying that, that initial cut from, you know, (laughs) judge falling from the, from the ionosphere to, to, you know, just jaunty prep school music is like a little weird, but it's like it, it quickly puts you into like, yeah, it's kids and yeah. they're having fun and they're rebellious for whatever reason, because hormones and stuff. Exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah. um, the one thing I did like, though, about how much the movie established, like the main group of kids to just be shitheads is that when they do finally get thrown into the room with the two younger kids, there are at least two occasions where the two younger kids are kind of just given their own tiny bit of running commentary to just be like, the fuck is wrong with these guys? These guys are fucking crazy. (laughs) Like they will have two or three moments where they just look at each other like, Jesus Christ, what are these kids on? And well, the first one was like, there was a whole, like they actually, you know, because when they're first thrown in the room, they're, they're having the like, what are we going to do? And like, you know, and then they like, you know, because they're, they don't know how to cope with this. They're, they get at each other's throats. Yeah. And that's the point where it's like somebody, (laughs) Somebody calls Will Wheaton a racial slur because it's like, it, or whatever. Oh, yeah. Keith Coogan calls him a wop. Yeah. And I Will was, was going to dance around it, but all right. No, I just, you know, <laughs> yeah. Will Wheaton's just like, I'll fucking kill you. And yeah. he's just like, hey, I'm your friend. I can and call he, you a wop if I want but to. But I'm saying, like, they're they're <laughs> fighting back and forth. And it's like, that's that's when the kids are like, these guys are fucking crazy. Yeah. He's like, yeah. <laughs> he's like ah, all right, we're friends. Like, come on. I can call you anything. Yeah. 
call me an asshole if you want to. Yeah, all right, well, they, they, get, yeah, they get over it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they do. I do like that there's a, a last minute under the breath. All right, fuckhead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. I, uh, I will say, like, also knowing slightly real life, you know, that some of these people still hang out and are friends. I was going to say, I feel like the chemistry between the ne'er-do-well kids is pretty good. Are they? I think Sean Astin and Will Wheaton still do they? keep in tr- touch and stuff. Okay. Yeah. I don't know about I don't know about Keith Coogan, but I think so. <laughs> I, I, I honestly do believe that they do still kind of keep in touch somewhat. So okay. I'm just saying, like it, it came across that like they seemed actually friendly, not like you watch some movies and it's like, eh, yeah, eh, I don't believe you're friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. let's rate it. Okay. All right. Um. I am going to say a number. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, I kind of went back and forth on this one. I think I could. I think digesting it all, talking about it, I think I can give it four jocks. I think it is. It is not what I expected, but that doesn't mean it's not good. Mm-hmm. Um, I went into it expecting Red Dawn in a in a boarding school and it's not that it's it's almost more believable in that the kids don't just grab guns and start murdering everybody um i mean on one hand i kind of wanted that on the other hand it's very satisfying when all these dudes get lit up at the end because it's just like cuz like the military puts on a show at the end of this like choppers in formation landing you know dudes like rappelling through windows and shit it just seems like, yeah, this is probably what should happen. Like, yeah, this is okay. I, I, I do wish... I, I think I probably could have bumped it up to five if if they had told Andrew Tivoff that his dad was dead and just had that been the extra little just like, man, fuck you. But um, he dies real good. Yeah. Like, that is a massive head wound. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, four jocks. It's, it's very entertaining. It's got, you know, like I said at the beginning, it's got this pedigree behind it that's... <laughs> shocking mm-hmm. as the credits roll yeah it it seems like a very under the radar thing that no one talks about like this movie is not talked about in any way and it's pretty entertaining yeah i i can concur with that okay I, I think this is a real fun movie um as i said i i've seen it before but it's one of those like it's been so long this was like a first viewing mm-hmm. you know like i didn't re- really retain a lot i mean you have, you have to understand like video store days it was just You'd roll home with like two or three video cassettes sometimes, you yeah. know, and watch them back to back or like, you know, because you, you know, you had like 48 hours or whatever. And it was like, you know, you would cram some movies in and like not yeah, necessarily you, retain everything. Yeah. It was, it's not like going to the movies. It was yeah. just like, we've got these three movies and 18 hours to watch them. Right. <laughs> Let's do this. Yeah. So there was like early binge watching because it was like, ah, well, we got to watch this before it's time. And yeah, you know, how many times I return tapes with something unwatched because it was like, just mm-hmm. ran out of time, but I tried to prioritize them. But, yep. But I, I know I saw this. Like I said, it's just this feels like a first viewing, basically. So Okay. So, and uh, I will say that the copy that's out on Amazon is quite good. Yeah. Like that. It looks it looks real good for I, I'm just I'm constantly amazed because I I equate like 85 to like 2001 mm-hmm. as just like we we did not preserve things. I mean, maybe not 2001 because we had DVD by then, but I'm just like, there was a time period where it was like late VHS was like, this shit's fucked. Cause like we were right. filming things on video and things like that. You know, it was like, there's a lot of time period where I am always amazed when they make a thing of that time period look good. Now I know it's 
it was filmed filmed and they could go find the film but it's like just the movies from this time period I, I've always prepared for them to look like ass yeah 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 and, and you know I mean this is it's it's out on blu-ray the HD transfers out there so I mean yeah obviously someone kept it in good shape and it looks it mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah it's a fun little movie and if you haven't ever seen it it's probably worth watching I agree or very worth watching according to our ratings. Yes, anyway. yeah. it is almost a, a drop dead absolute recommendation. Yeah. And there's really nothing I can say. Nah, maybe don't watch it. It's just it just doesn't have that. No, it doesn't have that like satisfying like, yes, yeah. kind of moment. I mean, yeah. some of the explosions are a couple of explosions are good. I fucking love Apache helicopters whenever they show up, especially when they do. They do like the Navy SEAL thing of just like creep up yeah. into frame like yep. that. That will always be awesome because the, the front visage of an Apache helicopter is amazing looking Mm -hmm. and also shit inducing if you happen to be on that end of it. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) And it probably was what happened to the dudes who got lit up. Uh, I, when they, when they shoot the nerdy terrorist guy, that was a pretty satisfying, like, yeah, that motherfucker got lit up. That was real good. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, there you go. Toy soldiers. Mm -hmm. Didn't use the song. It did not. I figured it would play over the closing credits or something, but, uh, Mm -hmm. maybe it's in the trailer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, so that's Toy Soldiers. Uh, thank you for picking it. Really, thank you for picking it. It was a it was a pleasure to watch. Um, so and please don't make us watch Small Soldiers. <laughs> well, that's up to me to put it in the poll. So oh, okay, <laughs> it's not like it's just going to be there. Um, I know people like that movie. I I do not. I like that. Okay, well you can you're allowed to. But I've seen it recently, so we're. I don't I don't feel the need to re okay. revisit it. Okay. So. Okay. Um, so sorry that one won't won't be in the poll anytime soon. But if you're if you're interested in what these polls are that we are talking about, if you go to Patreon.com/slash/BMFcast, if you are a patron, there's one every week that you can vote in and pick our movie. And if you're not, uh, anybody at the dollar level or above, which gets you this show, uh, also gets you access to the poll. So you can you can make us dance. You can just tell us what to watch, and we are under contractual obligation to do so. Mm-hmm. We've never bailed on a poll yet. That's my motto in life. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. Um, so anyway, thank you guys for donating. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, however you may be listening to it. And we'll be back next week with another episode. I believe it's probably going to be The Crow 2. Um, so okay. that's the way the poll is going. So, All right. Um, until then, uh, I'm Chuck. And I'm Harlow. And this is Bamcast Extra out. <laughs>